Have you ever wondered what you can do to stop a fight from escalating? Have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way to argue? If you felt like your communication sometimes turns disrespectful, then today's episode is for you. We're going to be sharing one of our favorite interventions in couples coaching. It's a tool to help couples stop negativity from spiraling out of control. Be sure to stay to the end of this episode because we're going to show you exactly how to use this intervention in your own relationship. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help in their marriage? Yeah, that's six years of pain, hurt, and frustration. Hi there, I'm Charla Snow. And I'm Robert Snow. And welcome to Master Your Marriage. Where we believe that having an amazing marriage should never feel like hard work and shouldn't be a guessing game. This is the show for married couples who want to discover a scientifically proven approach to building a masterful marriage and have fun while doing it. So if that's you, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Welcome to March Madness. So I was thinking, since it's March Madness right now, that we should have a little wager this week. I definitely think we need to have a little wager. At the time of this recording, we're in the NCAA March Madness, and it's down to the final four. Final games this week. This episode will be airing right after the finals championship game. Who's going to win? We should bet on who's going to win. I think so. I think so. What are you going to do? Are you going to go with your alma mater? I'm going to go with my alma mater. I'm actually wearing my USC shirt, but my alma mater that I did undergraduate at is San Diego State University, and they're in the Final Four, so go Aztecs. Right, and so I'm going to have to win, obviously, so <laughs> I'm going to go with UConn. What am I going to win when I Yeah, win? what's our bet? Okay, here it is. The loser has to arrange to have our favorite massage therapist actually come to the house and give us a massage. Deal. I win either way. I win either way. Okay, I That's like That's perfect. That. Okay. So, funny story. We went out with some friends this last week out to dinner, and they've been listening to our podcast. And so, of course, they had some questions. But there was one question in particular that was the hot topic of the night. Um, love maps. No. Love strategies. No. Um, unconscious love language. No. Their question was, where do we go naked swimming? Uh, <laughs> is this what you and the girls were talking about? That's what we were talking about. Well, my question is, why is it the girls want to, always want to know where to go naked swimming? You know why. Yeah, I think I know well. Well, the answer is pretty much anywhere. Where maybe, uh, where maybe just sailing, sailing on a catamaran, going camping, out in nature. Always camping, always nature. Yeah, where else? National parks. Oh, yeah, we've there's, had a little fun at national parks. There's a lot of nature in national parks. There's a lot of nature. Yeah. Lots of nature. And the Tetons. <laughs> the Tetons last, that was, that was a fun trip. We went to the Tetons last summer. That was probably our favorite trip ever, actually. And while we were there, we did lots of bike riding. We loved that. Yeah, it was really cool. So if you know anything about the Tetons, there's a thing called the Teton Pass. And it's a very steep pass that comes over from um, the Wyoming side, if I, if I remember right. And, and it starts at 8,500 8, feet and drops all the way down to the valley floor at 6,400, 6,500. So, I mean, you're losing a good 2,000 feet in not very long. As a matter of fact, this road is really steep. They don't allow trucks on there over a certain weight. And even in, in, in the winter, close it half the time if the traction's not right. It's a, it's a pretty hairy ride. Well, what somebody decided is maybe there's a bicycle path they should put in that it's awesome. sort of follows that road. And it really is. It's about 10% grade in a lot of areas. Okay. The course that we rode is about seven miles long, but it drops that same couple thousand yeah, feet. Yeah, a couple thousand feet in seven miles. So it's relatively steep. So 
as you're just kind of coming down, there's, I don't know, 10, 12 switchbacks in this bike path because it just winds yeah. its way all the way down the hill. You could lose it and go off and just keep sailing off into the into the weeds and trees and down the oh, slope yeah. you, find yourself you, in a lake or something. So You definitely want to, don't want to go off, off an edge. So one of the things that I felt was the most important uh, was to make sure that the brakes were working effectively. So on both of our electric bikes, I, I checked the brakes. So electric bikes are great. They go downhill because they weigh a little bit more fast, but they do tend to have a little bit bigger braking system. And we certainly needed the electric power to get back up the hill. Yeah. You know, it was so beautiful, though. And it reminded me a bit of the mountains that we have here in Utah, where we live. Here in Utah, where we are, we've had so much snow, like record-breaking snow snow this year. And Utah's known for having the greatest snow on earth. And it's really just a skier's paradise. But I never got the hang of skiing. I grew up in California. I didn't really like it being cold. And, you know, that very first class that you take in the beginner's pizza class, they teach you how to pizza. It's pizza or wedge or something like pizza that. Pizza wedge or snowplow, snow right? Plow, or you put right, your, yeah. your skis together to help you to do what? To help you to slow down, to be able to turn, to be able to stop. I didn't really ever master that. So I kind of spend most of my time in the lodge drinking hot cocoa when we go skiing. And probably because you don't really like the cold. I don't really like the cold. cold. So making sure that your bicycle brakes are in working order, as well as learning how to stop on skis, these two are really important skills to possess. Knowing how to stop can actually be a life-saving technique in these two instances, especially when you need it. If you're picking up speed and accelerating towards a cliff or a turn or some other disaster, you'd better know how to stop. And... The same is true in relationships. Every relationship is bound to hit some gravel in the road or come up to some dicey switchbacks in the road because, remember, conflict is inevitable. But what we really wish that every couple knew was how to snowplow when a conversation starts to get a little negative or how to use the brakes when a fight is accelerating toward a cliff. So if you've listened to the last three episodes, you know that we've been talking a lot about conflict. And you already know that one of the eight predictors for divorce is escalation of any of the four horsemen, which are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Right. And these communication patterns can cause serious damage to the relationship and send it right off of that proverbial cliff. Since you are now aware of what these patterns are, you might have even noticed a few things in your own relationship this past week. Maybe you noticed some contempt or some criticism. In fact, I was just chatting with a younger couple yesterday on the phone, and as we were talking about this, they were like, oh no, we have all four of them. What does that mean? Are we doomed? No, you're not doomed, no. And we're here to tell you that's just not the case. We know this not only from our professional experience, but our deep personal experience with the horsemen. Mm -hmm. But here's the good news. There is a great neutralizer to the four horsemen, and it's the braking system for your arguments. Even if the horsemen are running rampant in your relationship, we want you to know two things. One, it's okay. We've been there. You can work through it. We've been there. And two, there is a tactic that you can learn right now and apply to teach you how to pump the brakes on the four horsemen. So one of the greatest predictors of a long-lasting happy marriage is the ability to diffuse and overcome all of the four horsemen. So you can stay together for 40, 50, Mm -hmm. 60 years. 
the way to defuse the four horsemen is through this thing that Gottman calls repair attempts. Right. And repair is so important in any relationship, but it's critical in marriage because love, trust, and commitment are at stake. And when couples get really good at doing repair attempts, they're able to compromise and find deeper and deeper friendships. I'd say that that's probably the one thing that has really, really deepened our relationship. Absolutely. I think so too. Yeah. I would agree. So repair attempts can come in many different forms. And so it's not like you, you have to follow this one cookie cutter format, right? It can be an apology. It can be acknowledging your spouse's point of view. It can be humor or taking responsibility. Gottman describes any repair attempt as a statement or action, silly or otherwise, that prevents negativity from escalating out of control. Repair attempts are our breaking system for fights, arguments, and conflict. Mm, love that. Repair is like fire that melts the ice of the four horsemen. Repairs are like secret weapons. The right repair done at the right time can cool the cruelty of contempt and diminish the danger of defensiveness. There's a book that I'm actually reading right now. It's called Finite and Infinite Games by James Carse. In the book, Carse asserts that humans are constantly playing one of two types of games, either a finite game or an infinite game. And finite games are much like March Madness, right? Much like college basketball. There's a clear set of rules. The players all agree to these rules. And if a player violates a rule, then of course that player is penalized. The game has a specific playtime, like in basketball, it's 40 minutes, two halves of 20 minutes. And there's a clear goal. And this is the important goal. The clear goal is to win. Go San Diego State. Mm, or UConn. The infinite game is totally different. It's played for the purpose of continuing to play. Infinite games have no end. In fact, the rules can be changed at any point to actually prevent winning so that the game continues and it never ends. Kars argues that the infinite games are the games of life that allow us to constantly expand ourselves and to grow. So maybe this is why it's confusing, because marriage is an infinite game. The objective is to never win, which is important when it comes to an argument, because trying to win an argument, as I have said once or twice in the past, what do you really win in the end? Um, the objective is to continue to play or continue to dialogue. The rules are always changing in order to keep playing the game. This is exactly what encourages growth, cooperation, and compromise. I love this quote, compromise is the oil that lubricates this engine called marriage. Yeah. Probably should say that again because I messed it up, but compromise is the oil that lubricates the engine called marriage. I love the concept of marriage being an infinite game. It can provide us with a totally different mindset about disagreement by remembering that the goal is never to win. The goal is to extend the game. Right. And this is exactly what repairs do. They keep us in the game of marriage. And you might recall from the last episode, I shared a story from back when we first got married. And I was pretty superior, I think, at doing contempt. In fact, superior is exactly what contempt is. If you remember, it's treating or speaking to our spouse like we are superior to them in some way. 
And I mentioned in the last episode that Robert's repair attempts, that's what softened my heart and really got me to a place of empathy and understanding. He was my kryptonite. I love being kryptonite. You are. and You're my kryptonite too. He kept us in the game. You know, he kept us going in the game until I was able to learn how to successfully do repair attempts on my own. And I think I'm pretty good at them now, but back then I wasn't. And But he was. He was really good at them. So should we talk about how or, or some good ways to do a repair? Yeah. And you've been so good always, I feel like, at doing re- repair attempts just naturally and intuitively. You probably have some good advice for this, actually. Do you have any kind of thoughts or beliefs or mindsets that you have that you that you hold as you're going into maybe a possible disagreement, something that makes repairs easy for you? Because I feel like they are easy for you. I don't know if they're easy for me, but I, Seems like I have a couple of things that, that are sort of on my mind. And one, it really is just humility. It's a mindset of humility that, that I'm, and it's, and, and humility is the opposite of having an ego. So if you don't bring your ego to a conversation, it's not likely to get hurt. If you just leave it tucked away, then it can't get bruised, right? Um, and humility allows us to be wrong. It allows us to admit that maybe we're not 100% right, that we make mistakes. It allows us to recognize our shortcomings. It, it helps us change our position, and it provides us with the willingness to apologize and also listen non-defensively, again, without our ego. Yeah, humility, that's a good one to take into a disagreement. What what else do you suggest? Is there like another mindset or another idea to have as we go into a disagreement? That my, my second one is one that you know as my theme for 2022, which was remain curious. I think that if you go into any, especially a challenging conversation, right, where you know that, it, that you need to listen, you need to be attentive, and you can't just jump in with your ideas where it, it takes some give and take, I, I think to just really remain curious and, and try to understand the other person's point of view curious about how they feel and how they think. Mm. So remain curious. So humility, curiosity, maybe one more. What's what's one more thing that's good to take into a potential disagreement? So the third mindset item really is breathing. I love this statement and I heard it a long time ago. I don't really know where it came from, but it's this. Let your first response be your breath. I love, I love that. that. I love that. Let your first response be your breath. And it's, it's analogous to another one, which I like, which is called act and not react. So just act to what's in front of you instead of reacting to what you've heard or what you said. That actually reminds me of a Viktor Frankl quote, one of my favorites, actually, it, which is between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that because there is that gap. And we get to choose how we're going to use that space. I like that. It's like, it's take that breath, right? Use that gap. Okay, so let's do some examples of repairs. Um, remember, a, a repair attempt is any statement or action, silly or otherwise, uh, that prevents negativity from escalating out of control. It's our breaks in the conversation. And there's many different types of repair attempts. There's a cheat sheet that we've dropped in the show notes for you. And this is a really great starting place for you to get some examples of repairs. And what we would suggest is that you download it and print it. And the idea here is for you to, when you're feeling a conversation that's maybe starting to escalate or spiral out of control, grab this cheat sheet and try something from this list. 
see if it diffuses the negativity that's starting to accelerate in your conversation. So this is actually one of the exercises that you would practice in, in our marriage retreats and our online coaching, or even in our workshops. This is something we have our couples do, because if you don't practice it, then when it comes time, it's not like you guys are getting into a difficult conversation. And you're like, oh, hang on, let me go get the binder and we're going to try and work on it. So you need to practice this just a little bit so that you guys can come up with some, some good ideas about how to diffuse these situations. Best way to find the brake pedal is to know where it is. Mm, good point. Yeah. Yeah. So the first section you'll see on the handout is I feel. Anytime you are focusing on I or we, then that is going to be a repair. That's better than saying you, right? Like, for example, you are being so rude and aggressive right now. That's probably not going to work. That might even escalate the conversation into more negativity. Yeah, that, you, that would send me up a little bit. Right. But yeah. you could try, I, I, I'm feeling kind of hurt right now. Could you possibly rephrase that for me? Does that feel better? Yeah, that feels better. Right. And that's going to probably diffuse that negativity rather than escalate it. So put the brakes on. Yes. I like that. The next section is saying you're sorry. And this is, this is when you know you've said something that hurts and a sincere apology actually is a repair saying like, man, Sherella, I, I really blew that. Can, let me try that again. Let me try that one more time in a different way. I love that. Yeah. That go for it. Let's do that. Yeah. That will also diffuse negativity. There are also ideas here for moving the conversation closer to compromise. For example, you can try saying something like, is there a way that we could maybe include both of our viewpoints in some kind of solution here? Would, what would a compromise look like to you? Oh, compromise mm -hmm. is the oil that lubricates the engine called marriage. Mm -hmm. So when you feel yourself spinning out of control and you feel like you need to calm down quickly or before you say something hurtful or maybe even after you've said something hurtful, can you say a statement like, can you, can you just hold me right now? Or would it be all right if I held you for just a little bit? He actually does that one. I like that one. Or I just need to calm down. Or I just need a break for a bit. Right. That's the hardest one for me, taking a break. Yeah. In the past, I, like I mentioned, when Robert would use his kryptonite on me, it was usually those I statements that were so powerful. Rather than him coming back to my contempt with more contempt or more defensiveness or criticism, he would just say an I statement. For example, some of the things he said to me to diffuse that negativity were things like, you know, that really hurts me. Or, you know, nobody can really hurt me the way that you can hurt me. Or, you know, when I come home, I take my armor off. And I take my armor off when I'm with you for a reason. And I'm just not prepared for that right now. So these types of statements where he was focusing on himself rather than attacking back at me were extremely effective. So what are some of your personal favorite repair attempts? We have some that we've made up that we do that we are kind of our code words that we use. So you don't have to use what's on this list. We've, we've come up with our own that we really like. Why don't you tell them a little bit about the one that we use? So our favorite one, which is also acts as a pattern interrupt, if you remember from our last episode, it, it sort of just breaks your state and it is, that was a bit sharp. That was a bit sharp. That was a bit sharp. And that's our favorite one. It's, it's just a way of saying like, I think it's coming off a little too, a little strong. too serious, a little too strong, a little too sharp. And as our code word for, 
that was a little bit hurtful. And it could be anything. It could be just you're distracted. You're on the phone. You're like, why don't you just get that? And you're like, and and even though you're distracted, and, and I know that's a perfect example. I'm on my phone and I said something, and I'll hear that was a little sharp. And I will like look up and go, crap. I'm I'm sorry. Let can I let me rephrase that? That that was that was a little sharp. And so sort of that apology and it it deescalates. It's a great way that pattern interrupt is to great way to kind of pump the brakes. And when you as a couple find whatever your phrase is or set of phrases and you practice them and you work on them, it instead of getting defensive when you hear that, I think initially I might have, but instead of getting defensive when you when you hear that, all of a sudden you you realize that like there's an opportunity, right? It's it's a it's a bit for connection and and now we're getting a repair attempt. Yeah. And, and it's not, again, this isn't something that just overnight we were good at doing. It was something that we had to practice a little bit, figuring out which which phrases worked for us and practice them. And now they're just natural, right? In the midst of any conversation, that was a bit sharp. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, so what are some other favorites? What are, the, what are the ones we like? So one of the ones you say I really like is when you're just acknowledging my point of view, even if our points of view are different, you'll say, okay, that's a fair point. And I like that one. Yeah, my favorite one that I like to use, I don't know if it's your favorite, but for me, I used to work with a guy that did real estate and he used to, he used to always say, I don't understand. He was very sharp, but so I adapted that to help me understand, right? Instead of an I statement, you know, instead of directed at you, it's directed to me. Like I, I want to understand. And I love it when you, I love it when you say that because it's also like you care about hearing my, my concerns. You care about hearing my point of view. So when you say that, it's like, oh, thank you. It's an opportunity to be heard. Yeah. And one of my favorites is, what are your concerns? Tell me what your concerns are. So it's very similar to help me understand. I like that. And when Charlotte will ask me that, I feel like she's going into coach mode sometimes. Like, what are your concerns? I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm off. I got to figure this out. My favorite one that she says really is, okay, let's slow this down a little bit. And that's just, you know, it's exactly a breaking mechanism for us. And that's really what it is. So in any conversation, let your first response be your breath. In any conversation, let your first response be your breath. So just like us, you're not limited to this list. Maybe you have some ideas that you've come up together as a couple. We've heard of couples that use different phrases, different actions. One couple even has a penalty flag that they throw if it gets too heated. It's pretty funny, and humor is probably one of the most effective ways to create a repair attempt. That's super cute. All right, yeah. so here's your action steps for this week. Print out the handout, look at the list together and decide what might work and what definitely won't work. Stay away from those. Then give it a shot. You might find that it's really easy for you, really natural at first. Great. And you might find that it takes a little bit of practice and that's okay too. Um, but I think what you'll find is that as you practice, You'll find which repairs work for you, which ones don't, and soon they'll become second nature just like they are with us. So remember, one of the greatest predictors of success in your relationship is the ability to give and respond to a repair attempt. So go slow, slow it down, and play the infinite game of marriage. Mm. Awesome. So just a quick reminder, our eight-week online coaching program is now enrolling. The enrollment ends April 20th, so you'll want to hurry and go grab the link in the show notes and check that out. And if you found today's episode helpful, would you consider leaving us a five-star review? It only takes maybe 30 seconds, and it sure helps us to get this message out and help more couples like you. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Master Your Marriage. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, then we want to hear from you. 
Just go to MasterYourMarriagePodcast.com and send us your question. Oh, and while you're there, you can also check out our retreats and events and even apply for coaching. And make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get advanced notice of when the next episode drops, plus show notes and many extras. Thanks again for tuning in.